Welcome back to From the Parapet. This is officially episode one. If you haven't listened to episode zero, that is basically where we just introduce ourselves, kind of talk about what this podcast entails, and then um, talks about why we like love reading and kind of what what's in the future, what's to come. Yeah, I'm super excited. So in this episode, we are going through chapters one through six. We're going to do a nice little recap, and that is called Beyond the Mats, but we'll just dive in deeper to uh, what happened. Yeah, and this is your note right now that there are spoilers. So if you are like, oh, I've never read from like Fourth Wing before by Rebecca Yaros, and you're like, oh, I should give this a listen, don't. Don't listen to this. Give Audible a listen. <laughs> <laughs> tune into Audible. <laughs> don't tune into us. Listen to the book, read the book, digest the book, read it again. Come back and, and then. And, and then, then it's time yeah, to join. Um, so this is just a note that there are spoilers for Fourth Wing, um, and we're going to try to keep it limited to chapters one through six, but again, we'll probably talk, encompass it all, but um, we just want to focus on chapters one through six in each of the segments so we can get through the entire book. So after Beyond the Mats, we're going to go into another segment called Constri- Conscripted for Adventure, where we just kind of talk about the history and the characters and kind of the world building that happens because the, my first read was a listen. So I listened to Audible. So this is the first time I'm reading the book again and I'm annotating the fuck out of it. Like I have eight different tabs. I'm marking, I'm highlighting. So we really get to like dive more into that and are conscripted for adventure. And then that leads us to our final segment um, of the show today, which is... From the Dragon's Den. I'm pretty excited about this. This is just kind of where we'll talk... Um, theories and predictions on what we think is going to happen yeah. what we want to happen it might be a little bit delusional but it's fine i believe anything i tell myself like, enough that it's going to happen so there's, a, there's if i see a tiktok and there's no actual like sound evidence behind it i'll believe it I'm like, you word it right, and I'm... I'm there. Yeah, I'm absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> you um, got me. So we'll try to stick for um, the section of From the Dragon's Den to kind of be about chapters one through six. So it's not like a all-encompassing lore theory realm. We're going to try to stick to, like, what has been talked about in these chapters. Yeah. Um, so other than that, before we get started for, um, from uh, Beyond the Maps, uh, do you want to tell our folks what we're drinking today? Oh, my God. Okay. I don't know if you'll be able to see it as well. It looks really great in person. This is Violet's Mending Potion. Yeah. Potion, yeah. She's great. She's vodka. Yeah. Don't listen if you're not 21. Skip past this part. <laughs> it's vodka. It's blue Gatorade. Mm-hmm. It's lime juice. Yeah. And a, is it the coconut? Coconut Red Bull. Coconut Red Bull. Oh, my God. She's so good. Yeah. So, uh, in Chapter 6, she uh, has a little excursion to the healer's quadrant so i was like this is perfect we kind of want to have a theme drink for every um recap we do so yeah. i guess we'll put the recipe, the recipe. in the show notes <laughs> if you're 21 if you're 21 make a mocktail or if you're in any other country that's not the united states i guess if you're 18 you can do that enjoy enjoy it Okay, um, so I guess to get started with Beyond the Mats, um, chapters one through six, we start off, and Kelsey, you might have to help me cover my mind. I'm going to try to go like one through Don't six. Worry. I've got you, the- my bookly app. Ugh. She's not sponsored yet. 
Um, so I'm just pulling from my brain, but we start um, in General Sorengel's office, um, and we hear kind of a heated argument of between Mira, who is Violet's older sister. Um, She's so badass. Literally, once we get more into the book, I'm like, Mira, are you gay? I want to know if she's bisexual. Like, because she's kind of giving. She's like, little, like she's a, she's part of the queer community. I hope so, because she talks about slinging dick all the time. But I'm like, girl, it could be strap. Be gay. <laughs> <laughs> she would be a top though. Exactly. I'm like, she's in her. Like, anyway, and this is also a disclaimer that this is mature, explicit content we talk about. We're not. Don't shy away from. Sorry, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, start with Mira and, and Captain Lilla Sorengel having a heated discussion about our main character, Violet Sorengel. Violet Sorengel um, is 20 and it is conscription day. And so if you don't know what conscription day is, again, please go listen to Audible. But conscription day is a day in October. If you don't know what it is, did you read the book? <laughs> a day in October where um, 20-year-olds from all across Navarre come together and they choose kind of what's going to happen next and what is their next phase in life. So there's different quadrants. There's the infantry, which most folks go into that just kind of like general front lines, you're battling so-and-so. There is uh, the healer quadrant, which is you take care of folks, you men folks, this is what it looks like. Um, you kind of help those on the infantry and the riders get better. We have the riders quadrant, quadrant um, which is all about uh, three years of intensive training to uh, get on the back of a dragon, channel your signet powers, learn about history, learn about everything, while also learning the best methods of attack. And then we also have the scribe quadrant. So the scribe scribe quadrant um, is the folks that keep the history of everything. So they work closely with um, the writer's quadrant to figure out kind of what battles have happened, document those for history so we have everything lined up. And so this argument happens because Violet has been trained for her entire life to be a scribe. Um, Which, okay, I actually have a note in my bookly where I could, God, I wish I was better prepared. I have so many notes in here. Where she only had six months to prepare. Yes. For the writer's quadrant. And it's stated um, that her mother decided that for her the second she started training with um what's his name the captain yeah it's not melvin but yeah she recently started training but i think it all has to do with her dad passing away so there's no spoiler in here her dad has passed away um and there's an argument with general captain general sorengel general captain um about how She's like, well, I'm a daughter of a scribe. And Lilith is like, no, you're a daughter of a writer. You're going to be a writer. Point blank, no questions asked. I found it. It's on page 36. Yes. And so her mother announced as soon as she started training with Major Gilsteed. So I'm a little curious. Yeah. About why her mother did that yeah i think that's we can talk more about that like when we get into like kind of what we think is going to happen questions that we have because i have a flag for that so we're in the office in a heated discussion and mira's is this last attempt of like mom please no and that's the first time that we we see her called mom at first you're like who's this general and why are they arguing it's her mother and so no attempt lilith is like hey violet can make it she's stronger than anyone she's endured more pain than you have um 
in like the last month and she can endure it in a day, which, you know, kind of seems like oh, a little positive upbeat, but General Swearingale is like, hey, um, Violet, nice knowing you. I can't really talk to you for three years. You are, a, you will be a cadet. Um, that's that. And so uh, Violet, and, yeah. <laughs> and bye, no hug, no touch, no nothing. So we also get that. It's like they no may not hug, be. like reassurance that you could be walking into like a death sentence, which I, it is. Yeah. Like, and so you can also see kind of their strained relationship as Violet exits the hall and she looks down to where her room was. And that 30 minutes that Mira had that conversation, her stuff is packed. So like her entire life that she's known there at Basgayeth has been packed up and gotten ready to go. And so Mira decides to do the only thing that she knows how to do, prepare her little sister for conscription day. So she um, makes Violet take her pack off because um, it's not um, ever really stated, but we do know that... Uh, Violet is, um, was that a cat sneeze? Yeah, she's in the flowers. <laughs> um, Violet is, uh, has a disability, um, and has a different ability status. So she has, um, issues with her ligaments and issues with healing, um, and different bodily, not bodily functions, but like different impairments. And so from coming from two disabled folks, it was nice seeing like the representation for someone who kind of goes through, Similar things that we go through. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, what? I, I mean, sure, it was nice to see it. It's, it's not my cup of tea to have, like, a, I don't want to call her weak. Mm. But everybody is, like, you're weak, Violet. Like, Dane, her mother, Mira, they're like, she's weak, she's so pathetic. And I'm like... Please just let her, like... That's actually a little bit mean, but my cup of tea is more like, I don't know, badass female main characters, which she... She develops into, but I think she has to surpass the stigma that has been imprinted on her that she's kind of picked up on. So she's like, okay, how do I get past this? And she's so clever. Like, she's so smart. That's so sexy of her. So... I've got to hand it to her. Yeah, so Mira's like, okay, here's what what we got to do. And empties her sack. And Violet's like, what's going on? So she repacks it, gives her a whole rundown of kind of like, here's how you know. So much stuff out. Yeah. Throws out stuff. Doesn't want to get rid of the book that Violet's dad gave her. Which talks about the fables. And we'll get to that in later chapters. But keynote. We'll think about that book later. So Mira gets her ready, packs her stuff back up, and she's like, listen, please don't die. I can't be an only child. Um, Because it also is discovered that um, Brennan, her older brother, has passed away. And they were all writers. And so they get ready. They walk down um, and get ready to sign up and put her name on the roll. Mira gives her a hug in a private alleyway, and they get ready to sign in. And everyone's like, whoa, you're Mira. You fought in this big bout. Ta-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Oh my god. And so, uh, Violet. Like, wait, I thought General Sorengill only had one daughter. Yeah. Like, everyone's just like. Who is that? Who is that? It's giving locked away in a tower. Literally, they're like, who is she? She's the lesser sibling. But also, we should note that it starts raining. Yes. In this time. We should also note that back in General Sorengill's office, the temperatures dropped. When things got heated, because General Sorengill's signet, which is talked later, is the power to wield storms. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that um, in from, from the Dragon's Den, so we'll talk more about that. But 
Um, you can see weather's coming in. Mira's like, you've got to get across the parapet, parapet before things get bad. I love you. I'll see you later. So it's kind of like a goodbye because she doesn't know if she's going to make it or not. She, yeah. she hopes, crosses her fingers. So Violet signs a role saying that she wants to be a writer. She meets two really nice people in line. Um, a darker, curly-haired um, person of color. Her name's Rhiannon. And then this sweet, uh, like, boy i was gonna say older boy they're all the same age um the sweet boy in front of them named dylan and so they get ready and they're climbing the stairs and they hear this asshole in the back they're like who the fuck is this we'll get to the asshole later um side note when she does meet these characters uh you can't help but to love dylan mm-hmm. and he's like i'm not dying i want you to know two pages later he dies he's dead you god you wanted so much more yeah. for him he's like ah my girl back home told me not to propose because it's like bad, bad luck. luck. Well, me punching myself in the forehead. I'm but like, he knew, like obviously it was coming. Someone had to fall on the parapet. But Dylan, Dylan avenge my guy. She meets Rhiannon, and she asked to see Rhiannon's like shoe. Yeah. Because Mira gave her better boots. Because um, she was like, your soles are yeah, slick. You're gonna fucking die, bitch, if you don't change into these. And when Violet sees Rhiannon's soul, she's like, ooh, those are super smooth. Like, switch boots with me. Like, give me give me one of your boots. You can fit your big-ass foot into mine. And this but, all happens yeah. 15 minutes after Mira says, don't make any friends, make yeah. alliances. Alliances only. No, not Violet. My girl, I feel like she's just soft at heart. Yeah. And Mira's parting words are, find Dane Atos find him because they were family friends they grew up together he will protect you he will watch out for you and stay away from Zayden Ryerson she said basically she's like he's a no good piece of shit um please stay away from him he's no good nothing will happen good like and so they climb the stairs they change the shoe and they get ready to go out kind of onto this awning that leads them to the parapet and so they sign their name they tell their name again before they get ready to cross and they're like oh what's your name and she says Violet Sorengel The most beautiful man you've ever seen in your fucking life turns around tawny skin. Tawny. Tawny. Not white. No. He he is brown. Zayden Arson is a brown man. I'm tired of seeing it. The fan art, why is he white? That man's not white. Rebecca Yaros herself was like, he's a person of color. And li- my favorite thing about Rebecca Yaros is she's like, he he is a person of color. What is this? And every time she sees fan art of him whitewashed she's like in new girl schmidt and he's like a white man no yeah she's lover for that she's like "Mm -mm, and if you have a problem with um him being a person of color we need to have a conversation click out of this podcast just go ahead and give us a five-star rating and leave (laughs) (laughs) so she's like oh who the fuck is that and he said sorengill like captain sorengill's daughter and then she hears Ryerson. She's like, damn it. That's Finn Ryerson's son. The great betrayer. And so they have this little tift of like, she's like, are you going to fucking kill me? Because Mira said you are. And he's like, I'm just going to go ahead and let the parapet do that for me. And he's like, Ooh. And if you don't know, um, the great betrayer, Finn, um, I don't really exactly know how to describe this in a proper way. Basically, a bunch of people like rebels i guess like fuck's sake um 
just wanted to leave the the king's ruling. It talks more about that after yeah. chapter six, but basically there's. Um, my mind just went. I think I flatlined for a second. I was like, oh. You said, insert dial-up tone. You said, So it's basically General Sorengel and uh, Finn Ryerson, different sides, but everyone from the Rising um, and the Revolution, all their parents are um, dead. They were mass, mass, mass slaughtered. Um, and massacred? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> mass slaughtered, mass massacred mass massacred um and all of their kids the marked ones um are forced and signed into being a writer and so we'll see more character development out of this but this puts us to the point where violet gets ready to step on the parapet and wouldn't you know it a fucking downpour comes and then we hear a shriek right as she talks to um zayden and it's dylan dylan falling to his death and so she's already emotional and she gets ready and gets up on the parapet and she takes this deep breath and she's like (sighs) Rihanna's in front of her and she's nervous and she said if the fear gets to me it'll eat me before and it won't let me won't let me get across so she does what anyone does she's like I can't fucking sing can't fucking hum a tune for shit but I can recite knowledge something that's comforted her and brought her peace throughout all this time this is maybe one of my favorite parts of the world building mm-hmm. that I've read in like a fantasy book because it's like it's so cute it's like a little niche thing she's like oh this is my quirk like I'm first of all I'm super smart and when I'm nervous I just rattle off history facts and I'm like okay I'm a word vomiter too a, she was gonna be a, a scriber so it's like comforting to her and, and I, I love that and so yeah. she's just walking through reading and the parapet is 18 inches wide um made out of mortar and the wind is howling the rain is coming so she's ducking and taking the chance when she needs to but introduce this asshole that um was on the stairs and kind of said some shit earlier um he's behind her a few people and then she turns around she's like what's that noise she sees him pick up another um almost cadet another person and throw them off the parapet and she's like holy fucking shit and he looks and he said i'm coming for you next and so she's like oh my god i'm freaking out the wind is howling she's like i've got to get the fuck out of here and so she starts speed walking starts saying more more and more facts and she can feel them on her back so she's like running 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 and she gets to the end and she hops off and she turns around and he's about to get her and she puts his dagger to his balls, and she's like, I would watch your next fucking move. Yeah, because she stepped off the uh, parapet, so technically she's a ranking higher than him. She's officially a cadet, whereas he's just a candidate, so. And they're like, you better fucking watch out. Like, everyone there's not face. They see this, see this shit all the time. And they're, and they're basically like, Violet, go ahead and kill him if you want. Like, yeah, you, up to you. Yeah, like, you're a cadet. And she's like, do you promise to play by the rules? Which I think is such a goody two-shoes thing to do. Do you swear to follow the rules and not kill me? (laughs) Okay, girl. And so they take the role um, at the end. And so Violet Sorengel, and we figure out the asshole's name is Jack Barlow. Mm. And so um, she gets across and she's like, oh, my fucking knee from where I tripped. It hurts so bad. She's like literally falling apart, but she's trying to like not limp in front of all these people. She doesn't want to be seen as weak mm-hmm. or like a liability because you know you don't want to be the the weakest uh, yeah. link and 
because they talk about it, they, they're like, if you are the weakest member of the wing, then Your liability, this and that. the wing is only as strong as its weakest link. Yeah. And then they'll take necessary precautions to weed out and make their wing strong. They'll kill you, bitch. They will. You're done. And so yeah. she meets up with Rihanna and Rihanna and trades her boots back. Um, and then we see Danatos. And so while reading the book at first, my boyfriend read it first and I was like, oh my God, do we love Dane? I was like, do we love yes, Dane? I was the same way. I was like, wait, I'm kind of like giggling, kicking my feet in the air. I was like, he's so protective. I love it. So he brings her um, around. He's like, Violet, what happened? Like, why the fuck are you, on, why the fuck he are you not a scribe? He's big man. Because he is now a second year and he's a, uh, he is a squad leader mm-hmm. and, um, during your first year, you can't talk to anyone from home. So he has no idea. He's like, this girl's trained to be a scribe forever. Although the past six months is when she first started to train to be a writer. So rightfully, he has his questions. He takes her to his room to help get a bandage for her knee because he knows that she needs to bandage up. She needs to heal. But the entire time, he's like, we can get you out of here. Like, we can save you. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I made it across the parapet. Like, what do you mean? Like 15%? Is it? Yeah, 15% of people die. Yeah. And he's so like. Condescending. And pushy. Yeah. He's like, like, I know what's best for you. Throughout these, just the first six chapters, this man is trying to get her out. Like wants to sneak her out. Wants to take her himself to the scribe quadrant. Like he's just like. Let me save you. You can't, you can't make it here. And he started rubbing me the wrong way. Cause I was like, just let her live. So she tells him, she's like, I'm going to stay. This is what happens. Blah, 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 blah. So Dan's like, fine, you are in my squad then. And so he makes it. So she's in her squad. There's squads and then sections and then wing. And so we, um, go back we wait for everyone across the parapet and then they section everyone off and so she was supposed to be in a different wing in a different section and lo and behold we see zayden ryerson at the front give a little whisper and make dead eye contact and little did you know he switches everything up and makes dane's uh squad under like his wing and like his uh authority yep and so oh my god that was crazy. I said, ooh. And so Violet was like, oh my God, he's going to do this because he's trying to kill me. And so she's like trying to remember what the codex says and what to follow. And so Zayden gives his whole like wing a little talking to of like, hey, are we excited? You all crossed the thing. Yeah, it's great. feeling invincible. Yeah. He's like, you're feeling so fucking great right now. Woo. Little like pep talk. Uh-uh. And then we see some dragon's land. I think. I want to say five dragons. Yeah. I could, I could be wrong on that one. I should have written that down. And then this majestic, badass navy blue dragon um, keeps sussing out Violet. Like, making direct eye contact with her. Like, staring her down. Which, I'd be scared as fuck. She's described as huge. Like, like I think maybe the first time that I read this book, because I'm on my reread right now, um, I... I thought that they were like, how to train your dragon size. <laughs> um, but, on, <laughs> but on this reread, I'm like, oh my god. Like, uh, It's described later on when Violet gets her dragon that she only comes up to his ankle. His ankle. 
It's a big fucking dragon. Yeah. It's a massive dragon. <laughs> that is insane. Like, he's huge. I can't even comprehend what a human looks like. Like, I need, a, I need accurate fan depiction size art. Well, I've seen a little bit of fan art, and it's, like, Game of Thrones dragons. Yeah. Those dragons are something serious. So, like, okay. Just a little... I don't know. I just felt like I needed to hammer down on how big these fucking dragons are. And the dragons are sniffing and sussing people out. Um, and the death toll rises three more just from pure incineration yeah. of folks that are... Rises to 70. Yeah. Because uh, people, I mean, rightfully so, took off running for their fucking lives. And these dragons are like... Mm. And then Violet feels heat, but it's steam from an exhale of a... So that's where we meet Sigail. Um, and so Violet has her first sleep. She gets in her quarters. Um, and then she wakes up and lo and behold, Dane is like, hey, you want to fucking get out of here? Let's go to the squad quadrant. Let's go. And, he, We've got to go. and she's like, no. Like, I got up early. I put on. Um, Mira gave her this piece of armor that's made out of tiny shrunken dragon scales that she's like, you better sleep in. You better wear this all the time. So she's ready. She's like, I'm in it. I'm up an hour early. Please just let me go and fucking eat breakfast. Like, I want to do breakfast duty. I want to do the things. And he goes, well, I can't protect you everywhere. You have history and I have to be on the writer's field. And she's like, okay, cool. Like, go. I'll be fine in history. Like, And this is also revealed what Dane's signet power is, which is, I want to say, a really big part of the story. Um, he can access people's recent memories, mm-hmm. allegedly, by just touching their temple. So, yes, we'll talk more about this. We're going to leave it at that, because I want to come back to this yeah. and from the Dragon's Den. So we learn the signet, and Violet's like, holy shit, that's a strong signet, because there's ones that are repeated, like fire-wielding, water-wielding, air-wielding, all pretty normal. But she's like, what's your fucking signet? Like, you've changed so much. You can do simple magic locks on your door. What is? And he's like, oh, yeah, here's what it is. And he wears a patch that says, you can't really know what my signet is. It's above you. And she's like... Yeah. Oh, Zayden doesn't have one, so I guess he's not as powerful as Dane. Yeah. And so that puts us through history, and then we end up in battle briefs. And so we get ready to go to battle briefs, um, and Dane is like, oh, watch out. Like, you need to be careful. Like, and so you need to be careful, Violet. And she's like, he's, she's like, he's not going to kill me in a fucking huge-ass room. And I just don't know how you picture this scene. I picture it as, so she's, every time, we'll read it more, she sees Zayden. Um, she feels a bristle down her neck and all of her hair, hair stands up. And she looks and he's like 20 feet away. And they're making eye contact as they're sneaking out from behind this um, dragon statue. Uh, and they like start making comments of like, oh, da 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 da. Like some back and forth. Yeah. And then he's like, you guys really don't try to hide it. Like, you're making it so fucking obvious. And he's like, I knew your parents were, parents were fucking friends, but I didn't know you all were friends. Yeah. Maybe even first lovers. And I'm yeah. like... Literally, I was like, wait a minute. I said, not him. I was, like, I was like, why are you mad? And I'm like, are you jealous? No, because I'm like, what's your fucking deal? But my favorite part is where Dane's like so fucking scared. He's like, Violet, run! But, and she runs. And to me, that's pathetic. That's so like, funny. That's so pathetic to me. I'm like, he's he's not going to kill you. While well, everyone's walking to class. So that yeah, just reminded okay. me of the kids that, like, Naruto run to class. Like, that was Violet in that moment. She's like, I gotta fucking get out of here. Like, Yeah, no, no, no. I can't. Uh, when I read that, like, I was like, 
like roll my eyes i'm like i can't that was really embarrassing yeah i was like that was embarrassing for both of us so we get to battle briefs um which i feel like violet is more excited for than history has every first year cadet and so they have battle briefs every single day because the teacher is like hey this is the only thing that truly matters about what happens every single day you kind of have to keep up with it you have to be in the know um and a scribe is also her teacher and i feel like this is where the scribe was originally her mentor first realizes that violet is no longer going to be a scribe and he is heartbroken literally like he looks so sad Mm -hmm. yeah he's just distraught well yeah it was described and like he was just sirens sirens. yeah he was obviously pretty upset because in the book it says that he's giving his pupil student like that was going to be like his gold star he's getting ready to retire yeah and now he doesn't have that and she's the weakest person and so Yeah, so we're getting ready. We're going over battle briefs, and they're like, there was um, a war that went down on the eastern coast, and they're like, can anyone ask, like, kind of what happened? Ask some questions. What does this look like? And Violet whispers into like Rihanna, and she's like, ask how tall it was. Like, ask what what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And the teacher was like, hey, you just need to ask me the questions because I know you're whispering, but that's a great question to ask. And she stands up and asks these questions and answers. And Jack Barlow's like, that's fucking dumb. And that's the captain's... The thing ever. Why would they already be on their way? And, and the teacher's like, no, she's fucking she's right. really right. One of the dragons sensed that the ward was going down, so they rounded everybody up and rolled out. So the Griffins came in and 30, they lost 34 people. Um, some of the places were burned, but they were looting. And so Zayden Ryerson said... So what was the state of the city? And they're like, well, they're looking for something. And they're like, cool. And this isn't the first time the wards have gone down. Yeah. But another uh, first year asks, how often are they going down? And they said that that's above their pay grade. Like the cadets not allowed to know that information. So that's a little sus. And it's the first time Violet hears about it too. And her mother is the general. Yeah. So we're seeing that her mom hasn't told her anything really. And I do have it written. This was from page 62. This is a direct quote. Uh, something in her tone tells me that it's not just third years who might be called into service this year. And a chill settles in my bones. Cause she said, Oh, don't worry. Only third years are the ones that go to the battles. And that only happens rarely. And it's not the battlefronts. So you're just yeah. kind of keeping up with the post. Cause the post, um, are using the dragon's powers to kind of make a circle to say the only magic that works in this circle are dragon's magic. Anything else doesn't work. But the wards that have been amplifying that power have been dropping. Yeah. So I just thought that that was a little... A little foreshadowing uh, moment. Uh, yeah, a little foreshadowing moment that I thought was interesting because, you know, you, on a reread, you come back and you read this and you're like, oh, shit. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think could lead into the second book obviously but and so we get on to um after battle briefs we go to the sparring mat oh yeah and she's nervous so 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 nervous and here we meet um sawyer yes and sawyer and rhiannon are sawyer rhiannon and violet are all standing they're watching jack barlow is two mats over dane is overlooking like they're 
they're sparring they're trying yeah. to figure out what okay that's assessment day yeah. and this is a huge ass gym there's 20 mats all lined up it's as long as the academic hall so a lot of shit is going on and so violet and uh violet sawyer and rihanna are next to each other and they're like oh, damn i wish you like we were as good as you in history and da 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 and she's like i'm not gonna last it out in these fucking mats and so they kind of make an alliance of we'll help you train for sparring if you help us train for history and she's like oh that doesn't sound fucking bad at all and so they're watching uh riddick and uh another girl from their uh squad battle it out and violet the entire time is like this is fucking terrifying and and then the sparring teacher paired her in a second year marked one with pink shaved hair imogen I like her. to spar and so when we first read it i said who the fuck is this bitch um because imogen is like oh i'm fucking pissed she goes your mom tried to she's like your mom killed my mother or so, her dad i think it's her mom her both. She's like, both of her parents yeah. and so she's like i'm i'm gonna fuck like we're out I'm for blood and yeah. so during the whole sparring day when there it's assessment day um jack barlow already has snapped someone's neck and he's like whoa this is assessment day we're not supposed to kill anyone what the fuck happened so it's not you're not trying to kill anyone you're not trying to break anything you're just trying to figure out where you're assessing at within your squad within your section and so imogen and violet are on the mats imogen is like fuck this bitch and violet in the first half she's really quick i'm not gonna lie so she was dodging stuff running around but she got a couple hits in. Imogen um, uses her signet on the mat. And Dane is like, wow. You can't use your power. He goes, you can't use your signet. <laughs> and it gets Violet down. And then Imogen's above her. And Imogen just makes a smile. And Violet's like, I felt something near my ribs. And then she's like, I look up at Imogen smiling. And then not smiling. And I hear the sound of a, uh, a dagger sheath, like resheath. And so Imogen tried to stab her. And uh, thankfully, Mira gave her that dragon scale um, armor plate. Saved her life. So, shout out. So Imogen is out for blood after that and ends up uh, hurting Violet. Violet didn't yield um, and tearing a ligament in her arm and breaking her arm. And so Dane fucking picks her up and runs her off to the makes, healers. Makes a big scene about it because she's like, um, girl... First of all, you made it really obvious yeah. that you acted like I was somebody you cared about. And he was like, you are. And she's like, that made butterflies in my stomach happen. She's like, da da And then two seconds later, he's like, no, don't fucking heal her. Take her to the scribe unit. Please, please, please. Like, and so uh, the head nurse was like, no, I'm going to get my husband. Her husband was a writer and he's a mender. And so menders have this really amazing power that they can mend people. They can mend buildings. They can mend anything and restore it to what it once was. And so she calls Nolan and Nolan has been her mender for a while for the past five years. Um, and I said, hey, I'll take care of you. I'll stitch you up. It's great. Meanwhile, Dane is pleading like, please just go to the, make her go to the scribe quadrant. It'll be so easy. Begging. And this is like the first time it like really pisses Violet off. Like she's like, she's already taken her little tonic, so she's like slurring her words. She's like, I'm fine. She's like, I don't want to be a squab. Be a squab. No squab. Please, please no. I'm a writer. Um, and then Nolan is like, why don't you like go back? where you came from he said go back to where you came from because if it was any other first year cadet 
you'd be gone. Yeah, you'd be gone already. And so. That was very cute. She said hello. And so she gets mended and he's like, hey, it's going to hurt a little bit, but you'll be okay. Yeah. And so Violet then goes back to the quarters. Rian's excited. She's like, oh my God, you're back. I knew you'd be okay. We're excited. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, that's so nice. She moves and gets ready to get in her bed. She feels something under her pillow and she pulls it out and it's a journal with a note folded on top. And who is it from? It's from Mira. And Mira said, I took a look at the death toll. You weren't on it. It made me excited. I couldn't stay. I have to go. But I wanted to give you this journal. This journal was given to you, given to me from Brennan, her older brother that has passed away. And she said, I knew Brennan would want you to have it. Like, love Mira. Yeah. And so, are you purring in the mic? <laughs> and so Violet was like, okay, we'll do that. Um, she's so excited. She tells Rihanna, uh, like, hey, this is from my brother. I'm so excited and reads it. And Brennan's like, hey, this is everything that you need to know, Mira, in order to survive the uh, writer's unit. She, he's like, be safe. Violet's watching. Da, 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 da. And this is where he gives her the hint that, you know, sparring, it seems like, oh, it's just made up the day before. It's actually made up a week before. And here's how you find out who you're up against. Mm-hmm. Dun dun dun! And end chapter six. Yeah, and that's where we end. Um, kind of interesting. Little like at this point when I was first reading it, I was like, "Damn, what is about to happen?" My girl's in a sling. She's pretty much useless, like out of commission for the next two weeks. Can't train. She's gonna get her ass kicked on the mats. What's going on? Zayden, question mark, is he going to kill her? Rhiannon, what's going to happen to her? Mm. I have all these questions, but... Um, now, moving on to our... Conscripted for adventure. Yeah, I want to discuss your ratings for characters. Okay. How, how you would rate them so far. So, Violet, how do you feel about her? Um, from what we've just read, I would give her, like, a solid three and a half out of five. Like, like she's growing. Like, I, I'm like, who are you? Do you stand up for yourself? I'm learning, like, okay. I think she just has, like, this huge mental block of who she has been and who she needs to be. Mm-hmm. So I'd give her a three and a half. I know you give her, like, a two or a one. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give her... I'd give her probably a two, maybe a two and a half. Yeah. It's just... I just love to see a really strong, and also the word, sorry, Violet, um, character, lead character. Uh, but, I mean, she gets better. She does, and yeah, I think it's, it's a big mental block for her to work past this. She's always been kind of counted out, and she's just been prepared because her dad was a scribe for so long of how do I do this, and how do I become what I need to become. And so, I'd say that for her. Um. While reading the book, for Dane at this point, honestly, I thought he was sitting at like a four out of five. I was like, I would say the same. I really, really liked him. And I don't think that it started bothering me about him trying to get her out until later on in the book. Yeah, because I was like, oh, he's watching out for her. This is really sweet. They've been childhood friends. He knows what's going on. But that's not the case. Rhiannon, I love her. Yeah, I've, I've always thought she's like a five out yeah, of five. Literally five out of five. I love uh, 
female friendship like written in a book. I love it. There's something so special about it. Um, Olive is guest starring today, I Olive guess. Olive is, yeah. I'm sure you've heard Olive, little cat, purring into our mics. She's wanted, she has some things to say. Yeah, I guess she has some hot takes. How, I'm curious, how would you rate Zayden's character in this moment? Oh, in this moment when I first read it, he was definitely like a one and a half. Really? Now yeah. now that I read it, I'm like, he's a five. He's forever a five. He's a five in my eyes. But I reading think, it. I think in my eyes, for, first time reading it, he's maybe a three because I love a villain and I can already tell. Mm. I was like, I was like, okay, wait, there's beef and I'm interested. I'm sat. What's going to happen? Is he going to kill her? What's. Oh, no. At first I was like, fuck this guy. Who the fuck is he? Like, back up off my girl. Like, leave it alone. Like, I could give two shits about you. Like, none. I just love a mean male character. It's your type of men, honestly. It is. I eat it up. I, like, reading it, I'm like, oh my god. He was so evil for that. Why did he do that? Yeah. Any other character ratings you want to ask on? How do you feel about Well, Mira, to me, she's only there briefly. She's... She's a good sister. I'd give her a five. Yeah. I mean, she hasn't given me anything. She hasn't given like, me any conditions. She wants her sister to live. She's the strong but kind. Strong but empathic. And I appreciate that out of her because, like, she's this badass character but not badass to the point of where she's like, I can't befriend you or I can't be nice because it shows weakness. And I appreciate that because, like, as an emotional person, I like seeing that, like, oh, I know I have to be able to do this. And also be there for my sister, which I think Lilith is definitely lacking. Because I'm like, she has no kindness, no compassion for her daughter. She's like, you, you're you not the daughter of a scribe. You're a fucking writer. You've always been, like, you are a writer. You are not, like, this is what's happening. Lilith is insane. I, I'm interested by her character. Yeah. I, I don't know where I stand with her. Mm-hmm. as of like in this moment but I am very interested in how she plays out obviously through this book and the series I'm just curious to see where that is because Lilith to me is a very like you chose that name for a reason yeah so and Lilith is like infamously the famous evil woman in history so I'm like Okay, if if I know anything, she's evil, like mm-hmm. Lil Sorengale, and she's even described as that early on in the book for lacking mercy and like empathy. So I mean, we'll see. But yeah, I, I think more for conscripted for adventure, we kind of learn more about Navarre and what it looks like and how they've always kind of had beef with um, their bordering, uh, like countries and and the people who ride the griffins that talk about like in the battle um they have a trade agreement so they only meet each other like under these like certain wards like a few times a year and so there's always kind of been this beef and so it talks a little bit more about the marked ones kind of wanting to have this revolution and what she just bit the mic i'm gonna love the sound effects that she brings to this And so we kind of learn a little bit more about that, which we'll talk more about in a later episode, but which kind of builds on the history there, saying that the nation has kind of been 
together for 500 years. There's a king. There's different sections in different areas of Navarre um, that they work with dragons in Navarre that um, powers come from them to help with the wards and powers come from the signets from themselves, from the, the dragons channeling powers. Um, so that talks more about, kind of about like the lore in the building and that they're set in Basgaeth. Um, is there any other thing we need to talk about just a general like world building, what we need to know for um, fourth wing or we can get into theories and lore. Okay. Um, well, do you want to get started with a theory that you have? Um, this is our um, from the Dragon's Den section where we kind of talk about theories, lore, kind of what we think is happening next, um, all while dealing with a very loving cat that keeps tail-thumping mics yeah, and, like, and purring into them. Literally, I'm like, girly, the editing on this is going to suck. Um, okay, so stop, Olive. Right here. <laughs> she said, um, let me at that mic. Please, I have something to say. Um, so I think that my theory specifically, specifically right now, <laughs> I'm like fighting with her. Um, my theory right now is that her mother caused that storm on the parapet. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously there's a reason that it was mentioned so early on what her mother's signet power was, storm-wielding. And then as Mira and Violet are going, um, like, on their way up to the tower, it starts drizzling, and then right before she gets on the parapet, it downpours, it's thundering. So what's her mom's fucking deal? Like, what is her problem with her daughter? And what made me pissed off is she got across... And they're like, ah, the worst of it's over. Ah. And then she, like, goes and wraps her knee and she comes back and it's, it's done. No like, like, what is your fucking deal with your daughter that you wanted her dead? What? I believe that, though. I Like, that is one theory that I'm, like, 100% behind. Her mom caused that storm on the parapet. And I want to know the reason why. Like, was she just trying to get rid of her daughter? I think so, because it was windy. Like, Violet's tiny. It's 18 inches wide. They're up so many feet. Like, you come crashing down, you're dead. There's no chance at survival. And like, on her way up that a big gust of wind literally knocks her over. Like, she's so tiny. She's so tiny. She's so tiny. Um, yeah, like, what's her mom's fucking deal with her? Why? What was the reason? I, I just, I don't understand. That's theory one. Theory one. Theory two. Buckle up for this one. Okay. You know where I'm headed with All this right. one. Yeah. Now, this is delusional. I'm not saying this is easy to follow. It's not. No, but... <laughs> Excuse me, I burped. Um, but from my brief reading, I haven't seen this anywhere else. So if you've seen this online, like please tag whoever. If they've if we're on the same brave, link, brave wavelength, I would love to be there with them. Yeah. I don't think Violet's dad, dad that they keep quoting, is her actual father. That's crazy to me. I, like... I, well, because, so, like, they always mention that Violet has hair that turns silver at the end. Like, she's been fighting off, like, ever since the fever when Lilith was pregnant with her. Like, things just... I Okay, listen, I have a note in here that I have to find, but you keep talking about that because... 
I I have to find the note. But I'm gonna find the note. Okay, so so they she when she brings it up, Lilith is like, no, like you are my daughter. You are a writer, and Violet's like, no, I'm the daughter of a scribe. And Lilith goes, no, you are the daughter of a writer. She doesn't even acknowledge her dad, doesn't call her her father, doesn't say anything. So that makes me believe, like, you are claiming her as your daughter. But, like, if your dad was like, oh, your dad, da 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 But to my knowledge, she never calls him, oh, your father. It's just, like, he's dead. Like, he's gone. Bye. And so. Okay, so this goes beyond these chapters, which we were trying to stray away from. But on page nine, so early in the book, they're still in Captain Sorengale's office and they're describing Violet's hair and how it, like, loses its, like, color. Yeah. I wrote that it reminded me of the Vernon Mm -hmm. in the end when they, like, reached out with their magic. And I think it's a rabbit. Don't quote me on that. Yes, 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 yes. And it loses all of its life and color. And dies. And it's literally just bones. So... It's mentioned that when Lilith was pregnant with Violet, she was very, very sick. Violet almost died. This and that. She comes out, her hair is like this. So, I mean, if... if I think Lilith fucked around with a Vernon. Yeah, because okay, the- so maybe, or, or maybe Lilith faced a Vernon, and they were like, fuck you, bitch, I'm going to get your kid. <laughs> and you were imprinted forever. Like that, and maybe that's why she's so weak. I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see if you're right with that theory. I think that it's interesting. It's a hot take. It is a it's hot take. It's a very hot take. Like, it's not a universally, like, this is well known and this is. This is. When I was reading it, I was like, oh my God, what if that's not her dad? That's crazy. This is also, I guess, maybe my second theory. Um. If you're a fourth wing fanatic, I'm sure after you finished the book, you got on TikTok and you were looking up theories because you were deprived and you were like, I need something to fill this fourth wing sized hole. And it's, this is really popular. So shout out to whoever just created this theory. They talk about how they think that, um, the people with the, uh, second, Oh, the marked the marked ones? The marked ones are just completely blank. They think that they have a second signet power. I'm not going to touch on that more as I'm thinking about Zayden. There's a there's a lot of people that think he can read minds. Yeah, they think he's a signet. Yeah. So, Wait, no, what is it? An intrinsic. Yeah. They think that that's his second signet power. And it's mentioned, I think, literally in the first 10, 15 pages that that is prohibited if you have that power you're executed so if he were to have this power obviously he would have to keep it on the DL. like he doesn't want anyone to know about that that's i don't care about that what i do care about is throughout the entire book anytime zayden looks at violet and she doesn't even need to know that he's looking at her she gets all like chilly and her hair stands up i'm thinking that maybe if he is a mind reader that's what she's feeling is how he's, like, tapping into her fucking mind or something. Yeah. I don't know. And if that's true, when Sigail was looking at Violet, I'm like, I wonder if Zayden and Sigail... He was definitely was talking. He's like, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> talking. And she's like, is this the one? Like, the one when your mom checks it out, yeah. So I'm like, because Sigail 
like, rolls her eyes. Like, she looks away from Violet at one point, as if she, like, doesn't approve or something. She's like, this bitch? Out of ever this bitch? So I was like, maybe, maybe they were, like, a kiki-kian back and forth through their little bonds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, wait. But I am curious to see if Zayden can read minds, or if he can only read Violet's mind. Because they're she, faded. Yeah, because they're faded. So, I'm just wondering if, why is she getting all chilly and... Her hair standing the up, goosebumps. shivering. I know her shit. cooter gets wet. I know it. I know she's nervous and she said, Oop. Mary, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, like, it is mentioned, fuck, I don't know, probably one million times throughout the book. And we need to read it and count it at this point. Like, like it, it is mentioned time and time and time again throughout the I got the chills. Like, 600 pages of this book. Yeah. She got the chills and she turns around and Zayden's looking at her. So I obviously that means something. You think that has what a connection? What does it mean? Yeah. I think that that is he's reading her mind, and that's just his little signet is like like tickling her. Yeah. Like, Let me get there. Let me get there. Okay. Yeah. My next one, which I feel like is a popular one, it's seen online, is that Dane Atos, shit's Dane Dane. Fucking asshole, dude. God, I hate him. Actually, can read your mind, your recent memories. Just by touching you in general. Yeah. So I think this is supported when he tells Violet, like, hey, like, I can read minds. I think at first he's being, like, his serious, like, old self where he's, like, when she's, like, what's your signet? And he's, like, I can read recent. I, he's, like, he said, when I touch people, I can read their recent memories. And she's, like, oh, my God, that's such a cool signet. And then he goes on. He's, like, well, the logistics are if I actually touch their temples. So I think he got nervous and he told her the truth. And he was, like, oh, fuck. I still have to cover up because they do have that professor that teaches them how to like kind of work with their signet. And so I know he probably said, hey, you can't tell fucking anyone that it's when you touch them. You need to know that, let them know it's the powers like when they touch their temples. And so that's a popular theory. It's all throughout there, but we're doing the read right now where we're counting how many times he touches her in general. And through chapter six, he's touched her 11 times, which makes sense. Like, because I think one little part where he's like, why the fuck are you here? Like what happened? And he's like holding her. She's like, my mom, like my mom made me come, like my mom forced me. And then he's like, oh, it was your mother. Like, cause I think he sees it. I think he sees a part of it in her and he's like, oh fuck. Like, I've got to get behind that one. Cause I just, it's a little weird to me. Mm -hmm. It is a little weird to me how he knows so much towards the end. Yep. That it, it just can't, it just can't be. The temple. Like, I think, to me, that's just not a very, like, fathomable signet power. Because, like, how do you control that? Like. Well, how did he figure that out as yeah. well? If it wasn't just a, like, let me touch your, like, oh, yeah, I can touch I someone's arm. He, he got his signet and he brushed up against someone and was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. God. Because I'm like, dang, I know you don't get that much pussy. Like, who the fuck are you touching someone's temple? <laughs> but. It, I think maybe once or twice. I do have it written in my notes, but my phone's just died. Um, he cups her face, I think, once or twice in chapters one through six. Oh, so yeah. He, he, yeah. He, like, brushes her cheek. Like, like, caresses her face with his thumb. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, boy, you're getting those memories non-consensual. Like, I'm like, that's kind of, like, invasive. Very invasive. Like, hey, girl, let me read your mind. Let me see your memories. I don't know. I, I do... I have to get on board with that one. Yeah. Um, 
that's that for right now that's all I've got I do have a few things that I thought were interesting that I I haven't developed those ideas yet so I don't want to share them mm -hmm. until I have like structure behind these claims I don't want to come out of like left wing and be like da -da 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 -da, mm -hmm. and everyone be like what the fuck did she just say <laughs> there's one point in chapters one through six I'm not going to talk too deep into it we'll talk more later um Kelsey hates this theory where they find um like it Mira leaves Britain's journal and uh, Don't piss me off. Rhiannon's like, oh, like, because uh, Violet was like, oh, my God, like, mom burned everything at Britain's. It's tradition. Burn everything. And Rhiannon's like, yeah, sometimes, like, we don't let go of stuff either. Like, just for that and little. strict tradition. Yeah. If this person dies. You don't keep anything. You burn it. And so. You write their name on the little death toll. They're done. That's the last time it's said. Which. She's mentioned it once in this, in this little segment one yeah. that it like doesn't sit well with her. That this is the last time that his name will ever be said or ever written. And like, I think that's going to be something powerful, maybe in the next yeah. book or something they work towards of like figuring out how to better honor Malik because it's like where she was like, Dylan died. He got to say his name before he crossed the parapet and he won't say his name ever again. And that was the last time his name will be marked. It will be read in the morning and that's it. She just does not find a good way to commend the life's, uh, life's yeah, loss. She's like, just, that's it. It just doesn't sit well with her. She's a very like empathetic person, which I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, back to your theory. Sorry, I just hijacked that. No, you're fine. Um, I think it was just something to know of like, oh, and Violet was like, even if mom found it right now, she would burn it. So I think that's something to look into. Um, we'll talk more about like what that is. I think I want you to ponder as you wander on that one, like as you read, um, kind of what that leads to. Because we'll talk more about it. I just don't want to jump ahead because I love, yeah, I love theories and lore so much that I think like each, each segment, each of our like beyond the maps deserves some of its each lore, lore and theories. Yeah. Um, but I will say reading it this time, like, being able to, like, see and envision kind of what it looks like of, like, in the great, like, big rotunda, there's, like, six different dragons, like, all carved and, like, the mouth of the dragons can hold, like, three sections or three squads. So, like, they're huge. Like, envisioning what this looks like, I think it's, it makes me more immersed than reading it. I mean, than listening to it. So, I appreciate it from that aspect. Mm -hmm. Final thoughts on chapters one through six. Anything you want to leave our readers with? Our listeners, our viewers, um, our friends. I would say, this is this is my hot take. I loved Fourth Wing mm -hmm. when I read it the first time. I rated it five stars. And I try not to give those out so often. This reread is kind of a little bit hard for me to get back into. And I think maybe that's just because I'm immersed in a series right now, and I, I love this series, so I'm trying, like, really hard to give Fourth Wing a chance. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a book snob right now, which is totally possible. I I think you are in a tude because you have stopped reading the uh, the Throne of Glass series to read Fourth Wing again yeah. and to wait for Iron Flame. I think you're just in such that because you are a diehard, like, Selena I, I fan. Love, yeah. Like, yeah. I love Selena. I love Aelin. Throne of Glass is, is very... I think that's your series. Is near and dear to my heart. Um, I think when it comes to fantasy books overall, it is... A lot of them are the same. I mean, there's only so much you can do with the genre. It is what it is. Fourth Wing was kind of fresh for me. Um, it kind of 
gotten back into fantasy books, so I think maybe that's why I love it. I loved it. I, it's taken me a little bit. I think once we get deeper, I'll be excited again. But as of right now, it's it's just a little bit hard for me to mm-hmm. consistently read. Like normally when I'm reading, I'll read for four hours at a time. I came over here one day and just sat on the couch and read for four and a half hours. Um, with Fourth Wing, I'm like kind of struggling with this reread, but I'm. And that's okay. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. And I think it's the first hundred pages that'll do me in. And once it kicks off, because, I mean, it's about to really kick off. So I'm remaining open-minded. Good. Because I feel like it's becoming my series. I feel like. I know it's your series. It's killing me that you don't feel the same way about Throne of Glass as I do. Well, this is also why our tagline is two best friends that never see eye to eye. Yeah. So. It's one thing we see eye to eye on. Dane Atos is a bitch. Fucking hate that guy, dude. I could kill him myself. God. Um, okay, closing thoughts on my end. Um, I'm just excited, like, on this, like, read again to just kind of see, like, where Violet's head is, how this grows, where it looks like, and, like, seeing the 360 of, like, okay, like, we read it the first time, and now we're getting to see all that foreshadowing again because Rebecca Yaros. She's not subtle with the foreshadowing. Once you read it, you're like, holy shit. Like, there it is. I I am enjoying that now. I think the first read, obviously, you're reading for the plot. Mm -hmm. My first reads, I'm not really looking into things too much. Like, I I read Fourth Wing very fast because you and Foster had read it, and you guys begged me to read it. And I was like, okay. And I I think when I started reading it, I kind of started off slow too, but no, the, the second reread, there's, there was a lot of stuff that I've picked up on. I mean, even in these first six chapters that I was like, hmm, huh. Okay. Huh. So we're going to do a rapid fire, oh. rapid fire smasher pass from the first, some of the characters we met from the first six chapters. Okay. We're going to go back and forth. So you say one, I say one, you say one, I say one. Riddick. Smash. What do you think? Smash. 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 <laughs> Rhiannon. Smash. 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 Yeah. Smash. Um, Dane. God, from where I was in the first read, smash. Where I'm at now, pass. I'm like, shove I, shove I that agree. somewhere else. I, I, like, I literally was giggling. Yeah, and I, I like, the people that are, like, oh, in the podcast right now, they're like, fuck this, fuck that. I'm like, yes, I'm there now. But, like, for the first time I read it, I was like, damn, I really wanted to like him. Like, I really liked him. I love a childhood, like, friends to lover. Like, I love that trope. I think it's so cute. So I was, like, rooting for them. I was like, smash. And I was like, he's so protective of her. Wait yeah. a minute, Alpha. But, no, pass. No. Okay. Uh, Let's smash them. Zayden. Smash. I'd say smash. Smash right now, and then when reading the book. He's beautiful. Yeah, like, I fucking hated him, but, like. Even where you're at, you don't like villains. He's beautiful. He's sexy. He Like, she's like, damn, he's my arch nemesis, but he's so fucking fine, though. Look at him. Literally. I'm like. Why am I supposed to hate you again? Mm-hmm. Um. Stop. Nolan. He's 84. Well. Pass. He has a great relationship with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Imogen. Ooh. In this point right now, pass. Yeah. Because she did break my girl's arm. And I was like, 
I'm just trying to stab her. <laughs> she scares me. I'd be like, oh, no, literally, she's scary. Like, I, even where I'm at now, I'm like still kind of afraid of her. Yeah, so. I'm like, you're kind of really scary. Um, Mira. Smash, smash. smash. We both smash. said that. We're smash. like, do, do, do. Again and again. Yeah. Um, Violet. Pass. The fuck? No. I like her when she develops more self-confidence. Right now. She's like a weakling right now. And <laughs> right now I'm like, it's you, not me. Like, it's it's me, not you. I'm so sorry. It's literally you. You're disgusting to me. Oh, my I, God. I'm sorry. Like, I just can't. Oh. You're so meek and like. Jack Barlow. Pass. Yeah. And I love villains, but he's like. A douchebag villain. And not in a, any. There's no redeemable Lord. qualities. Jesus. Like, I'm like. He's giving Gaston. Even, like, their beef is, like, he doesn't have one good snarky response that would make me be like, well, maybe. Maybe under the right circumstances. I, like, I need to look up fan art of him because I'm like, what the, what the fuck does this man to look me, like? Stop. To me, he looks like, um, picture this, 13 Reasons Why, Bryce. <laughs> God, you know, I was like, I think of him, but like, I want to like do like a doofy, like in my mind, I'm like, fucking cartoony. I'm like, do you remember? He's he's just a cartoon character among humans. Among humans, um, God, the alien kid, the alien teen from Fairly Odd Parents. (laughs) He gives that energy, Mark. Mark, that was his name, Mark. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, he gives Mark's energy, but being a douchebag. Um, we only briefly met Sawyer, so I feel like we can't form an opinion on Yeah, we can't smash or pass. But, yeah. yeah. I think that's the smash or pass. For this episode. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Um, I'm going to check back in with some of these characters. Um, and then be sure to look at um, our podcast. We will be pot- posting um, our uh, Kelsey Spotify. She's going to make some playlists based upon... Yeah. Fourth wing, glass throne, yeah. throne of glass. I always say that. Um, Don't ever oh, listen. The uh, Violet's mending potion is doing great on me. You haven't touched it's yours. Uh, don't worry. I'll throw her back. Um, yeah, I will be making uh, character playlists for the books that we cover. I think that there's just something... For me, specifically as a music lover, I love to read characters that I love. And I love being able to listen to playlists to be like, oh, so this is like, this is how she, this song is that, so It's that high. connection. Yeah. Like right now I have a Selena Sardothian playlist and like I'll hear songs and I'm like, oh my, like I could cry. This is so perfect. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. So I will be working to do a Violet one. I think I, I might start with a Zayden one. That would be a hot take. I love, yeah, I might do that. So I'll post that. I'll post it on our TikTok to let everybody know also. But yeah. Um, and this is also uh, wherever you're listening from. Um, if you would not mind rating us and following us, if you rate us and give us five stars, please don't give us anything less. If you don't like it, then just don't rate it. <laughs> but the ratings help push our podcast out to other people. And so the more you rate it, the more when people search fantasy podcasts, they're going to find us. So please rate us um, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, Please like, subscribe, comment below, follow us. Just let us know what you're loving, what you want to see. If you like any segments, like a rapid fire smash or pass, if you have one that you would like for us to do, um, I would so be down for it. Any different series, anything like that. Yeah, of course. I 
as I'm finishing from class and Iron Flame is yet to come out, I am looking for recommendations on a new fantasy standalone book or even a series. I'm I'm not picky. She's I'm picky. Not, I'm a little picky. She's picky. I'm a little picky. Uh, but yeah, I would if you want to see us cover a certain book or series, be open to that. Um, other than that, if you are in the market for cute little um, bookmarks, please check out Humdrum Paper Goods. Um, I'm not sponsored. I would kill to be sponsored. They <laughs> they have my favorite die cut die cut bookmarks, and they're so fun. So like the one I'm reading right now with my uh, fourth wing is a cup of French fries with a pack of um, tomato. Pork with spaghetti and then there's a meatball on the top. I love it. They're perfect and they're sturdy. Like I just love them. Like and one of my dogs, Sully, um, I got my first one at Barnes and Noble. He chewed through one three times. Like I bought three separate ones and I wrote humdrum and told them. And they sent me like eight eight uh different bookmarks. And like I've just been talking with them recently. I'm like, they're great people, they're a great company. Um so check them out. Um if you wanna follow us on Goodreads, follow us on Goodreads. Kelsey loves another app. Do you want to tell them about that? Oh, my God. Yes, I would love to. So, this may not be everyone's cup of tea. Heather is an Audible girl, so it's a little bit harder to use with that app. Um, I have been using Bookly. I saw it sponsored or advertised on TikTok, so I've downloaded it. And I love it. You can add um, the book you're reading. You can set goals. Like, I set a 1,000 pages per week that I want to read. And you can set how many goals you want to finish for, or how many books you want to finish for the week or the month or the year. There's different challenges you could do. They just did a zombie readathon where it would send you a random notification and you would have to like read and to like get to safety. It was very, very, very cute. You can also add your thoughts and quotes that you like with a page number and it makes annotating very easy. That's what I use to like look through mine. And it shows you your stats as well. Like, I just, I really sincerely love this app that I'm thinking about just getting rid of Goodreads altogether because you can rate books on there. But Crazy. you can also import your Goodreads onto the app, so. For, for payment. I, yeah, well, I, I, I love a good free app. I love a good free you, app. You can subscribe for free. You can only add five books. I'm not sponsored, but if I could sell anyone on a product... It would be Bookly. Like, I love this app. I love it. It sends me a notification every single night at 8.30 telling me to read. My reading goal is 30 minutes a day. Just 30 minutes. Crazy. Well, I think that's it for our episode one. Um, If you need us, um, follow us on TikTok. Um, We are from the Parapet Podcast. Um, Email us with any... Yeah. From the parapet. <laughs> Our email is from the parapet podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out reach out to us there. Please don't send us hate mail. I'll print it out and put it on this wall. The wall of shame. Um, yeah. So other than that, um, if you take meds, take your meds, drink some water, get something to eat, because I know you haven't had a little munch. And wash your face. Please. And Read a good book. And read a good... That was what she wanted me to say. (laughs) (laughs) Not wash your face. (laughs) Not Um, wash your face. But from our chapter of the world to yours, have a great night.